No, not really. You are a fat piece of shit. You're listening to Epic Cheat Day with your host, Derek Strong. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly. You can hear it. That is, that is nice and loud. All right. No, no, we've already started. See, this is how I like it. I don't like starting the podcast at a natural spot. I like to, you know, start it off as the conversation is happy. Happening. Happy. Happening. Guys, welcome to another edition of the Epic Cheat Day Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Strong, and I got a guest for you today. His name is Jamal Gushan. Jamal, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I don't know why I'm welcoming you. <laughs> well, good. I like to be welcomed and I like to feel welcome. I always start my podcast. See, the original idea and the original concept was I was going to buy guests a meal of their choosing. Okay. And that's how I was going to title the podcast. We were going to discuss it. But I'm broke. It's a pandemic. We can't really do all that. So, what's the greasiest meal you had all week? The greasiest meal I've had all week? Um, I don't know. Um,. All right, you I had, had like two McDoubles tw- before. I, I did have two McDoubles just now, but I'm high, so I forgot that. Yeah, see, so, yeah. okay, so two McDoubles, that's that's like, you know, because, you know, I'm damn near close to 300 pounds, so that's like medium level grease, so that's... You're 300 pounds? I'm close, man. I'm wow. ballparking wow. it. Yeah, man, wow. pandemic has not treated me good, I'm proud man. of you, bro. Thank you. I'm thank proud you. of you. Thank <laughs> you. So I started off at like 330 pounds mm-hmm. back in, what was it, 2013. Okay. Dropped down 130, so I got to 200. 130? 130 pounds. So I dropped down to 200 pounds. So I went from 330 to 200 in about a year and change. How'd you do that? You got AIDS? (laughs) No, see, I this is the genius idea I had. I figured, all right, you know what? I'm not going to be able to quit doing everything all together. Okay. Right? So instead of eating terribly, I'd eat good. And then instead of having a cheap meal, I would just drink on the weekend. So instead of working on one problem, I created two problems. Okay. So it's just fine. It yeah. worked out, and I spent the next three years living in Philly, throwing money at strippers, and uh, I eventually gained the weight back because I quit drinking, and now I don't have any other vices except for eating. So there you go. You can't um, skirt past the throwing the money at strippers part. Oh my God. It, was, it was such a significant part of your life that oh you my felt God, like you had years. to bring it up. Well, because you know what? That's part of the reason why I moved to Philly. So I moved to Philly because it's cheaper to live there because okay. I lived in New York, right? Okay. So, I'm, wow, this is your podcast episode for you being interviewed. We're talking ahead. about me. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, yeah, so I figured, and I was getting promoted at the job that I was working for. So I was like, all right, I could stay in New York and be a degenerate here and not really afford to do shit. Mm-hmm. Or I can move to Philly where the cost of living is significantly cheaper and has an amazing strip club scene. So, I mean, Philly is Philly's good. I thought Chicago was going to be amazing when what, I came out here. What what it is about the strip club that you like? Like what makes it amazing? I mean, it was amazing at the time. I mean, fucking loser. I mean, what, what do you expect? Okay. It's just like you know. I, you That's why I wanted to get at like like that because I never understood. Like strip clubs are the weirdest shit to me, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they. The cons- uh, and by the, the way, yeah, you you are right. I people who go to know. strip clubs are wrong. Okay? No, 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 so, no, not wrong. It's just like like I I don't get it personally. Like yeah. I'm not shaming the strippers or whatever, but it's like. You go with a group of your dudes. Your dudes like, hey, let's hit the strip club, right? Yeah. You spend money, a whole bunch of money. It costs yes. money to get in. There's yes. a huge cover. It costs money to take out money. It costs money for them to hold on to your coat. The it coat check costs everything money. Everything costs, costs money. money. Yeah. And all this time, you could have took a regular woman out. Yeah. Had sex with a regular woman, but instead, you want to get hard with your dudes, and then you leave. Okay. So Hard with your friends. All right. So... That's weird to me, man. And, 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 and you know those girls are pretending to like you for money. But it's that's weird the, but that's me. the thing though. It's like it's when you're in it when you're into it, it's the mind trip. You know what I mean? It's like you go there and there's like a power dynamic that's very interesting, not in a sleazy scumbag way. By the way, oh, ladies, if you're listening to this and you want to see what kind of guy you're with, get him drunk, give him a fuck ton of money and send him into a strip club. And make him think like he's not being watched and have somebody watch him the whole time. You'll see exactly the kind of guy that you have. Because I've seen some shit happen at strip clubs. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't really like that. I mean, I just, you know, you go in there. And for me, it was just, you know, I wasn't really talking to girls at the time. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is my opportunity to. I will say this. It did help me in terms of talking to women. How so? 
confidence. You know, it was just like, you know, I wasn't, I got to the point where I just, uh, how should I, how can I explain it? It's like, I was okay at talking to people before, like, you know, especially if it came to like a customer service thing. Absolutely. You know, I was great at that, but you know, that whole aspect wasn't a part of it. Like, you know, it's not like I, you know, never hooked up with girls before I did, but not any that were just like, oh, okay, well, you know, those girls you jerk off to in porn. That's her right there on the stage. Go talk to her. Just like, you know, whatever. Like that whole mind part, that whole mental part of it, that was lost to me. That was completely mm. lost to me. So made me a bit more confident with that. Now you could put the hottest girl in front of me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to talk to her. Yeah. Regular I mean, you should be able to talk to anyone because you know they're not going to fuck you. There's no threat of them fucking you. Okay. It's strictly <laughs> platonic. See, right. guys, this is what we learned at the Epic Cheat Day podcast. It's going to be 100% platonic <laughs> when you go into a strip club, which, by the way, isn't true. It just costs a little extra. That's all. You know, I, I, I never got that. down like that, but, you know, it's the options on the table, obviously. Yeah. I mean, sex is the oldest, you know, that's the oldest job. On Earth, that's the first, you know, the oldest comments on Earth. So exactly, you know, one of the newer ones is stand up comedy, and Jamal Gushan is a fucking artist when it comes to stand up comedy. Hey. Jamal, first and foremost, where are you from? Um, I'm from all over. Like I, uh, I know people hate when people say that, but I spent you know equal time here, um, in the Chicagoland area. Um, I spent some time in New York as a kid, and I spent what from, part? like um, Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, my mom still lives there. And um, I spent from 16 to 26 in Colorado. Okay. So, like, a large part of me, um, you know, that's the first car I ever drove, the first time I had sex, my first child was born there, and the first time I did stand-up was in Colorado as well. Oh, I thought you had just one kid. How many kids do you have? I have two. I have an 11-year-old and I have a two-year-old son, born the same day. Guys, this is the first parent that we have on the Epic Cheat Day podcast. Let's give it up for Jamal for being a fucking parent. The only person fucking out here. The only person fucking. Leaving it in. Leaving it in. Old school. See, now I I paint faces. That's what I do. That's my shit. So he uh, paints his own face, ladies and gentlemen. Jamal refuses. Here's the thing. Jamal (laughs) Derek is not fucking like that. I don't believe it. No, no, no. I'm not not fucking like that, but I get it in. Okay. I, 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 we need to interview this lady that you ladies, get in. ladies. There's a per, a plural after not Are these ladies, strip clubs, to, ladies. Listen, Are these like listen, real not regular ladies, ladies, not ladies to the extent of Jamal. I mean, look, his dick is about to fall off, but you know what I mean. Like my I like regular amount of women. Okay, so you know, shocking considering my exterior like i i'm definitely punching above my weight class when it comes to that but not to a grandiose amount by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. i'm 43 i'm overweight i definitely need to help with the dick pills guaranteed down the line I that's mean, definitely part of and it and i think after a certain time like you grow up and that's got to stop being like the measuring stick of shit yeah you know what i mean how it many is. fucking women you fuck like no one cares you know what the measuring stick for me right now is in life What's that? At the end of the day, do I go to sleep happy and 99% of the time I do? That's, That's all that matters yeah. to me. You know? That's what's up, man. That does. Um, For me, fuck happiness. I'm trying to be the greatest. That's the only thing that matters to me. See, but that see, right that's now. where you fuck up right there. You say you're trying to be the greatest. Don't try shit. Just be the greatest. It's not that simple. No, you gotta try. You see, gotta try every day. It's gotta so, be a no, nah, it's gotta be a, a, a deliberate thing see i think you are, i think you are the greatest every day no i appreciate that man i really okay. do bro. but i also think i'm the greatest every day so yeah, see i don't i don't like that white people ah, we're, all, we're all happy everyone's waiting, happy i was there for you to press the <laughs> racial button we're getting racial on the epic cheat day podcast just um, facts just facts see uh yeah well listen if it makes you feel any better I wake up with, you know, crippling mental illness and I have to patchwork my brain every morning just to function. But that does make me feel better. You know, that's see, all. Jamal's, see, he's white just, people love drowning in like three feet of water. That's what it. being white is. That's what it is. We love drowning stand in three up. feet. Just, wow. <laughs> just stand up. <laughs> see now, see what Jamal doesn't understand. And and this is this is I, I, I like this guy. He's a good guy. Um, This is this is what he does again. It's. Different when people are putting themselves in the water, and it's different when the water is just something you're being dunked in. You know what I mean? There's I'm, a big I'm a, difference. I'm a black man in America. Yeah. I don't think I understand being fucking the water being dunked in. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, I mean, and I'm not, and by the way, I'm not equating the two. No, no, I'm not saying you're equating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, it's, I'm just, we're just having a discussion. I'm just saying it speaks to the mindset. Like, okay. And in, in, I'm, I'm black. I'm a man, and I was in the military. Those are three things that are not 
yeah. all like, hey, mental health is huge. Those are three, you know, um, communities I'm a part of. Absolutely. It's, you have to have some mental fortitude. And I agree that mental health is a thing and yeah. anxiety is a thing, but it's like, I, I, you know, well, anxiety, told, anxiety is a part of mental I, health. I told, it's not uh, the, no, the no, total. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, I was telling this girl today, like, if you say you're anxious, that's like saying you got fucking HPV. Like you're an yeah. adult human. If everybody's anxious, then why are we talking about it so much? If everybody's sad, if everybody's yeah. depressed, oh, yeah. we all on the same playing field. Yeah. But that's, it, but that's, but see, that's therein lies the rub. Okay. I, to me, when anybody talks about being anxious uh-huh. or dealing with that level of mental health, cause I believe that those are strong mental health issues and yeah. people have it to a certain extent where they cannot function. Mm-hmm. So be it. Okay. But I've literally been put in locked up places for good portions of my life because I just this was not working. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm pointing to my head. I'm doing this like it's a visual medium that we're doing this on. I'm pointing to my head. He was pointing to his dick. Work. He was pointing to his dick, everybody. Uh, it, well, that, that hasn't been working for a while, but that's a different podcast episode. Damn, you keep, you keep going after that. I, you know, I'm starting to read into, like, what is your issue? No, I'm not. I'm yeah, fucking, uh, I'm my dick doesn't work, everyone. No, his, his dick works a little too much, and um, that's... Nah, it's good for you, man. That's, no, no, I I, agree. I I think that that's, like, I think that's, like, the obvious thing. Like, of yeah. course, mental health is an issue, of course, but I think that it's got to be, like, a balance. I think we need to, like, recalibrate. Yes, I 100% agree. I think people agree. are leaning into it and it's becoming, like, a personality. Even people's jokes. Yeah. Every night, you go up there and i'm seeing people complain about their parents complain about this complain about that and honestly these are like suburban kids that if you're sitting where i'm sitting and you go yeah. through the things that i've gone through like people like me are not allowed to scream mental health yeah all right and and, and, and nobody but, and nobody cares when that when they do like if you even the yeah. recent shootings there's been a lot of these shootings with cops it's a mental health call with a black yeah, person yeah, yeah. Motherfucker gets shot. There's no mental health for us, so it's 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 hard for me sometimes to have sympathy when white people that are, to me, able-bodied, well-off, well-educated yeah. white people are like, "Oh, I'm sad." I'm like, "Oh, are you?" Like, well, I mean, there's but, kids dying, but it's a and and that's and that I think speaks to a much bigger conversation in terms of scalability. So, for example, you know, for you looking at me, or say for somebody who's just like you know you know, general anxiety kind of person. Like I look at a person who deals with that and I'm just like this. Oh, wow. You don't have it that bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mental health issues led me to being homeless for two years. You yeah. know what I mean? My mental health issues led me to being in that was, what's the best way to describe these environments, psychosocial environments from when I was 15 to when I was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, this is, I've just been a part of that system nonstop for 10 years. You know, cup full of medication here, dealing with all that type of shit, and that's fine. Whatever, poor me. When everybody's got no, a problem, it's, it's, it's definitely not. It's definitely not when. It's just like, like I said, it's like the well, I say balance. Like, well, I say it like that because it's just like to me, everybody has their bag. Like I knew a bunch of rich people, right? Mm-hmm. And I used to spend a lot of time with a bunch of rich people. I, when my family was, when I was younger, my family had money, and then we gradually. We stopped having money, right? But I knew all these kids from when I was younger, all right? And their family, they, you know, became richer or more prosperous or whatever. And I had to realize that the things that they deem problems are problems for them based on the situation that they're in, okay? So it's things you and me would not look at as being problems at all. But for them, because everything else is so gravy, that one little fuck up, that one little thing is a big deal to them because they they, they haven't experienced anything no, else in that. look at it. And it speaks to your point It's yeah. like What frustrates me is like We were fucking getting chased by like Saber tooth tigers and shit at one point Yes You know what I mean We were living in fucking caves Yeah And we had to fucking you were exa- If you were dig, anxious back then You were d- eating Dig yeah. your fucking No there wasn't even no time to think about that yeah. Or sadness or how you feel And it's good that we've gotten to this point But I feel like the human brain is made to solve problems And yeah. sometimes when I see like some priv- to what I deem as privileged people in society, yeah. it's like you don't have any problems, so your brain almost turns on itself oh, and starts 100%. creating one. Because there's a million motherfuckers on the south side that are, they're literally getting Every shot. Single day. They literally don't have fucking food. They literally fucking getting harassed by the police, and they're not really stopping to think like they don't. They're not afforded that opportunity. Yeah, and and honestly, like, like to be completely honest, completely transparent here. Yeah, um, there was a period of time I did not like you, Derek. Like, like me, yeah, yeah, for a seriously, did what not did like I you. do? Shit, I'm gonna tell you, 
So there was one time we were sitting at dinner, and mind you, like I'm a person I keep to myself. Like, yeah, yeah, I might know a lot of people, but I'm I'm pretty I'm not a, like the most social forward guy, right? Yeah, most approachable person. So I'm sitting there, and um, I'm sitting there with uh Jess, and we're at Dan's trivia. You know, Dan used to do trivia. Yeah, right around the time you introduced him to Little Jay, and we're sitting there, and you're like, "Hey, man, did you ever?" Uh, I was in the military. You're like, "Did you ever kill any kids?" You ever throw a grenade in a church and killing a kid? And I was like, man, this dude, like, number one, the, my first thought is like, if you think this, yeah, if you think that I'm capable of this, why are you talking to me so cavalierly? Like, that's that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, yeah, why, yeah. why do you feel so safe talking to me like that if you think I'm a person capable of killing? Yeah. And I was like, number two, imagine if I had to do something like that. If I was yeah. faced with a situation like that, you're a person who speaks on mental health. That would cause an incredible and you, amount and you of trauma. Not, Thinking about my mental health or the things that I've gone to, I, bro, I've gone to war. That's one of the ugliest things you can go through. By far. And I speak about that. And then it's like, for you to be so insensitive about that, but champion mental health at the same time, confusing. I did not like that whatsoever. Like, I, like, and, and, I'm, and I'm a person like, I'm a hateful person, Derek. I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it really took Dan and little Jay to be like, no, Derek's kind of an asshole and he says dumb things. And you know what I mean? Like, he's a... They love you. Yeah. Like every time I was like, I was like, I do not like this motherfucker. Dan was Damn, like, I feel so bad. No, no, like no, no, I you just, should. I, yeah, I, I've been I around you. Like I, I've like, been, I, and I've been around you for had, a while now. You yeah. Know what I mean? Had I, I known know that I had caused that effect, like I, I like. You know, and I, to me, like, I don't think that you have it within you to like, oh, I see a school. Let me throw a grenade. I absolutely don't think that. I wasn't speaking to your character at all. I was trying to make just or make light of a yeah. situation. But those are huge situations, huge situations that no one should. And but Yeah. That's, it speaks to my original point. It's like, you didn't have empathy for that because that's not you. Yeah. Like, that. that's just a, like, we, we only care about what we are what we can see if you saw yourself in that but you're so far removed from the military you're like yeah that's a joke to you that's call of duty to you and to me that's my real life like you actually had to be there and do that i've yeah. actually seen people blown up for rich people's causes yeah. we're all 19 year old kids yeah they lied to us you yeah. were 19 year old kids risking our life for nothing we didn't know that at the fucking time you know what i mean like you don't know everybody makes their choice imagine the choices you were making at 19 well okay fine i'll tell you my choices at 19 you know what i was doing at 19 I was trying to find AA meetings to go to so I could drain the abscesses on my feet because I wasn't staying indoors. I was sleeping on the fucking street. Yeah. And I'm not talking about couch surfing homeless. I'm talking about actual street bum fucking homeless. That's what my 19 was like. That's what 20 was like. That's why I started doing all that crazy strip club shit in my 30s because all that shit that everybody was doing in their 20s mm. when they were out and having fun and doing drugs and all that shit. I was in fucking mental institutions back to back. Right now, I don't take any psych meds. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I was le like my last year doing any of that psych shit, they were like, listen, you're going to be institutionalized most likely for the rest of your life. You see that half a cup of medication that you take? That's permanent. OK, you can't function without that. And I was like, fuck you. No way am I doing that. Mm -hmm. OK, I don't know. Those medications that they give people, especially at that level of mental illness, they completely shut your system down. They fuck up your kidneys, your liver, your life expectancy drops 20 years. And I don't get me wrong. Me being close to 300 pounds isn't helping matters much, yeah. but it is far less severe than the long-term effects of any of that. So I had a decision to make when I was 25 years old. I was like, okay, I could either stay here, do that forever. Okay. I wouldn't have to worry about working. I was on public assistance. I was getting SSI. I was on section eight. I had the works, right? Um, you know, the living, living situation when you're that poor is not fucking fun, but everything not. was, everything was taken care of. Right. Um, but that's what it was. And every person that I knew that was in that program, I used to call it a roach motel. First of all, infinity roaches. Okay. Second of all, they would check in and they wouldn't check out. I seen so many people carried out in body bags from that fucking program. Yeah. I was like, nah, that's not going to be me. Yeah. Well, thank so, God it's not, man. Thank, thank God you're here. I just I, like, I, I'm beating myself up right now. Cause I did not know I had this effect on you. I know. No, it's, it's but it, like, that's the thing, like, like, and that's me, speaking it, to a larger picture that you were yeah, saying it's, before. It's speaking yeah. to a larger picture, and it's like, like, I don't mean to put you on the spot. We're all, I've done that to somebody. Yeah, we've all done that to somebody. Everybody well, me, and everybody we, has their shit. You well, know, listen, like, when we were, when you and me, we were hanging out dance before, and I actually, <laughs> and I remember this because this is when I remember saying the, because I don't remember saying it at the trivia night, mm -hmm. but I know when I definitely said it too, which doesn't make it fuck. Oh well, this is the time I remember. No, it mm -hmm. doesn't make it better, but. 
The time I remember was 4th of July. We're at Dan's house. Fucking living room full of women. And you're like this. Derek doesn't get any pussy. <laughs> and I'm just like this. Go kill a fucking kid. You know what I mean? Like you did when you were over there. You know, it was yeah, just like, yeah. cause it, it was reactionary. He's just like, what? I'm going to let this guy fucking try to tell me I don't get laid. What? I'm so, I'm sorry my dick isn't falling off like yours. Okay. I'm sorry that I fucking didn't get to this at an early point in my life. But I got to it at a later point in life. You know, but man, that pissed me off. I'm like, why is he doing I mean, that's shit? a pretty huge reaction. Of course. To, to oh, something I... to, to light. Teasing, yeah. You know I, mean? like, I am not saying it's elementary teasing. I am and, not and, saying it was justified. And like I okay. said, the 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 thing that pisses me off the most yeah. is like, bro, like I went to, sw- I can hurt you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like not yeah. not just you, but any like you're not the first comedian. To, there, there's there's a lot of like liberal white dudes where for some reason military dudes are like their punchline. Yeah, and it's like, bro, I can, I'm like, like fuck all this comedy shit. Like yeah. I'm a, ama- I can I can hurt you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like. So it's like, I don't think people... Listen, you're talking to a person that's had two assault charges on him, okay? So, you know, I get plenty mad at these fucking comics. Believe me. All right? And now when, of course, you like, your reason is far more justifiable than my reason, okay? I... But I can't even... Because if I do that, then I'm what everybody says. Then I play into the stereotype. Absolutely. Then they're like, oh, he's crazy. You know what I mean? Thank like you. Okay. Look at him. He's crazy. So it's not, it's not that. But there's but one comic to, on to, the scene. There's move. one comic on the scene that I will not talk to mm-hmm. because he brings me to that point, and I'm just like this. Okay, so this is the reason why they locked you up back then. This yeah. is why you had to go through all that shit back then. Okay, so you can't talk to him because he's gonna bring you there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't know what it is. It's something about his character, but I just stay away from him. Yeah. Just completely. But look, I said since then, I, I, I obviously we have mutual friends, Dan and, and Jessica. You know, they've they've talked to, to me about you. You know, they're like, oh, and they're like, oh, you know, Derek and Mar, he thinks you're super funny. And you're not a bad dude. I've been around you plenty of times. Yeah. So I know it's not your intention. And I don't feel um, personally slighted by that. I hope yeah. you know that. Like, there's not like this whole time I've been looking at you like, I hate this motherfucker. I'm just saying it speaks to you. To me, it's like, I think no one really cares. Yeah. So why do you want me? Not me and you, like yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. but why you want me to act like I care? Because you nobody really cares about anybody else's play no, like that. They really don't. And I think it's. And by uh, the way, I just want to say this because I've said this on like the last three podcasts, but I think it, and you know, and you could disagree with me or not, but I'm firmly in the belief that people like us who decide to take the spotlight for any amount of time and try to have the focus on us, we're like doubly self-involved you know what i mean even more so than the average person okay it's about us this isn't the epic cheat day podcast for the good of mankind no it's with Derek strong with my name on it because that's my fucking brand i'm the main character in my own story i'm the hero in my own story absolutely you know and uh damn i just feel like i don't (laughs) i didn't want to be a foil or an antagonist of yours even for a brief definitely definitely not man it's just like i said it to me just speaks on the larger that like nobody really cares because yeah it, it if, yeah. if if I was let's say like a gay man, yeah, p- people wouldn't joke about that because that's a protected group. You, you feel me? Whereas people who are in the military, military not not you, you like can, free for. They're all. looking like like especially to the the subset of comedy. I am in their eyes a bully. I'm I look like the dude who they was was bullied like in high school. I look like the yeah, guy yeah. who bullied them in high school. So now it's like I can bully you with words and you can't touch me yeah, yeah, yeah. which is like i said it's, it's, it doesn't affect me personally it's just like man you don't understand that these are people's not not me personally but this, like someone's gone through that someone has had to kill someone for no reason and then had to go back home and try to live a normal life and that's sad that is you know, like we like fuck whether you agree with it or you like military people. You like, it's not, first of all, just the human well, element is sad. Well, and the reality is, it's just like it's not. It's you know, you're fo- literally following orders. Okay, so you're told to do these things, and you have to follow a chain of command, and that shit is indoctrinated into you. Tell me if I'm wrong, no, no, but it's indoctrinated it's, to you. It's more than all that. I think that that's like the the basic surface yeah. level thing. I think what American people, not even Americans, any as as old as a. Uh, as war has ever had, as war as old as fucking humans have been fucking fighting each other. Humans do it because we're doing it for you. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, the the lowest level, the soldiers, the people on the ground, they yeah. believe that they are protecting. That's that would, I'm not saying they're right. You yeah. grow up and you realize, like, damn, it's not about that. It's about these political things. It's about oil. It's about all these other shit. But they tell you they believe. They tell you this lie that you are protecting your people. 
So when they're killing someone, they believe, believe that they're, they're doing, doing it for, in, for you. Yeah. And I think that's very sad. Yeah. It doesn't get talked about. It's very sad. Fuck all, you know, whether you believe it or it's sad, bro. That shit is sad. See, but that's, but this is why conversations like this are of important course. because, you know, we get to bring into light, you know, these types of things that people don't really think about, you know, that's, and that's one of the reasons why I try not to harp on the mental health aspect a lot. You know, I did in the beginning because I'm just like, okay, well, this is something that has been a talking point for me. But then I realized like, okay, but this is my, it's my thing. Okay. It's specific to me. Um, and it's something that has been addressed and it's been addressed in mass. Okay. That shit that you're saying right there, it has been addressed, but I don't think it's been addressed in that way. 22 and vets a day kill themselves. Not even people know that. That's, if that was any yeah. other group, if that was, you know, like, it would get talked about. Absolutely. But, and I had a friend, a, a comedian friend who I'm close to. And yeah. I swear to God, that's what she said. I said, I, I brought up that statistic. And she was like, well, nobody talks about it. And I was like, that's the fucking point. Yeah. Aren't you, you, you don't see that, like, that's the, fu- 22 veterans a day, a day kill themselves. More veterans have died from killing themselves in the war ever yeah ever like this afghan uh iraq war but and you know what's crazy is you do hear about ptsd a lot okay but you hear about it in the way like exactly he's gonna beat you know yeah. you know i had like when i when i first got out of the military yeah they did got, grief got you, divorced. right what's what's that whole process like and see that's the that? yeah that's also very sad because like for me for example excuse me joined the military at 19 you get out of the 26. When I joined, I was a kid. Yeah. Military is all I know. All my friends are there. That's all I know. That's the only real job I've ever had. When you're going through the military, basic training is six weeks. Um, your tech school is like another, you know, mine, my, I was a cop. Mine was 13 weeks. And then you go through so much training and shit after that. Yeah. When you get trained to be a civilian, to be a regular person after that, they give you a week-long course. A week. And then they throw you into the world. That's not. And think about it. <laughs> That's not a lot of time you, you at all. You don't Jesus. know anybody. Yeah. The only people you know were from high school. They've moved on. The world it looks different. The yeah. Everybody, you know, what I mean, now you got to figure out, and that's rough. You know, what I mean, that's rough having to figure that out. And I don't think that gets talked about. I think more people they you lose your sense of community. Imagine if like like what's happening right now. Yeah. Comedy getting taken away. How many people are grieving? Because of that, because all they, the that's, time. that's yeah. their sense of community. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like that's all they know. That's what they did with their friends. Imagine that being taken away, and like you don't really have anybody to talk to the, about that. You know, it's sad. Well, so the closest approximation that I have, and I, and again, I'm not trying to equate this, but at least you know, trying to at least equate it to something that's close to something I experienced. So when I was 15, I went to a school for kids with problems. Mm-hmm. Right? It was called Linden Hill School. It's part of this bigger community Hawthorne Cedar Knowles the gist of it is like you had violent kids in one area and you had the kids with like just like you know depressive suicidal mental health that sort of things with some violence but whatever in a different one and that so I was in that one and that's basically like if you know all the all the violent kids who got like better went to that school so that's the school I went to right um and I was there from 15 all the way until I was 19, right? And I decided to leave. And then when I was 19, that's when I was homeless and all of that. Everything I knew from my life before then was gone. Because you live there, you know? Mm -hmm. They have locks on the windows. You can't leave. You know, you're not going anywhere. It wasn't plush. It was just like that whole part of my life got taken away. And then when you graduate, it's just like this. Oh, yeah, go get a job. It's just we didn't, we didn't, we don't have the training for that. Like Mm -hmm. all the tools that kids got in order to be able to function in the world, didn't have any of that shit. It was just like, here you go. The school, like all the the curriculum that they teach you, it was bullshit. It was just to make it so that you could get through the day without fucking acting out and being crazy. And uh, so they really didn't teach you anything. Everything I learned, I learned through osmosis, just like reading here and there, but wasn't through any formal education. Yeah. They push you out in the world and like this, oh yeah, go fend for yourself. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, you got it now. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and I'm not saying, again, I, I know the two are completely different things. No, I mean, they're and, saying, and it's not like um, the military has a monopoly on pain either. Yeah. Everybody has their own shit. But, the, like, that's, that's, that's my point at the end of the day. Everybody yeah. has their own shit. Yes, so we all I have agree. to fucking press on. That's, that's all I'm trying yeah. to say. It's like everybody, like... This is a very I don't I don't ever talk about this, but um, when I was I, I was locked in a mental institution. Yeah, 
for uh four for four months when I was uh sixteen. When I was sixteen, my dad my dad used to beat me my whole life. And when I was sixteen, I tried to kill myself. Jesus, all right, yeah. So I spent three months. Um, I spent a month in the ICU and um two three months um locked in this psych ward. Yeah. Um, because I was a I was a minor. They had me going through like these counseling yeah, sessions the and shit. Group therapy. And my and dad did not shit. come there one time. Jesus. No one came there one time. And when I got out of that, bro, like honestly, at sixteen, I was like, bro, no one is ever gonna make me feel like that again. Yeah. I'm never gonna have anybody like fuck with my confidence. I'm always gonna like. I don't care what no one thinks about me. And honestly, from 16 to now that I'm 33, that's the mindset I've always had because of that's what happened to me. I was yeah. like, man, I almost killed myself due to what other somebody else thinks. I don't care what no one thinks. I don't care like if you hate me, if you think I'm an asshole, if you yeah. think I'm a this and that. I'm just gonna be myself. Yeah, like and make it. up your own mind, make up my own fucking mind because that's, that's what right. we're all doing. Yeah. This shit is the fucking matrix. Yeah. Like. Who fucking exactly. knows? Exactly. There is no spoon. Yeah, there is no spoon. Well, that's when I was telling you before. When I at the end of the day, when I go to sleep and I go to sleep happy, it's because I'm not carrying any of that shit. It's like judge me however the fuck you want. I'm good. I'm gonna go to sleep. I have a warm bed. This is warm. I know when it wasn't warm. Yep. Okay. This is warm. My apartment is nothing flashy. It's nothing nice. I. If I told you what I got paid last year, survived <laughs> off it, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty fucking yeah. damn. Like, listen, it's. But when you've been to the bottom, man, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like, oh, okay, keep but your head above water feels you know, nice. I'm fat because I'm able to feed myself, right? Hey, you know what I mean? I've true. a fridge to keep things cold. So it's just those you'd be an emperor things. in China back in the day. For real. <laughs> there, you'd be an emperor in most parts of the world. You, true. Right now, we could go to a room and get as much running water as we want that's true. clean. True. Run yes. water to, for for our shit to float. For our shit, we get rid of treasure to people. We use that to wipe our ass with. It's fucking crazy. And that's like that. It's unfortunate. Like more people don't sit down with like people from the military. Like there's this disconnect because that's the biggest thing that it taught me. Like I got deployed twice: once to Afghanistan, once to South America. I want to talk about places where that they're yeah, in for fucking exactly. Yeah, and both my parents are from third world countries. My dad's from Haiti. My mom's from Belize. So like Jesus, for me to um, you know, I'm, I'm just more appreciative of things. Like I know it can be so much fucking worse. You know, yeah. like, I got deployed to Afghanistan. That was some little boy's life. He lived there every day, every day. That with was no it. gun, with no tanks, with no fucking armor. He lived there with no training. That was just his life. So it just made me very appreciative of people and appreciative of my like situation. And uh, and I think you touch on something very important there, okay? In terms of life experience for anybody, for you, for me, it opened your eyes to things you would have never seen before. My experiences opened my eyes to things that I would have never seen before. And I think certain, you know, especially in our community, you know, and I'm not, I, again, everybody does have their own thing. So I don't want to. Our Jewish community. I'm also Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> our Jewish community. But the comedy community, I think, you know, because we do surround ourselves with a lot of people that, you know, at least on the surface, you know, you would think, oh, okay, you know, well-educated, you know, they're doing this because fuck you, Dan, I want to be special, you know. I'm, but, you know, there's a, and there's a lot of them too, where they'll tell me a story. I'm just like. Holy shit, that's one I've never heard before. I forgot who it was, but uh God, I forgot what what his name was anyway. The the point is he told me a story. He was a you know former heroin addict and he told me a story. He actually had a bit about it which didn't get over because of how fucking dark it was. But the bottom line is when I hear that bit, I'm not gonna repeat it, but mm. when I hear when I heard that bit, I'm just like, Jesus, I have never heard anything like that before in my fucking life. You know, and I thought I heard it all, you know. Yeah. You tell That's me about I, being a soldier, being deployed, and then coming back and just having nothing when you come back and trying to scrape all that shit together. I've not experienced that. You know, whatever version or whatever thing that I could like it to. Everybody's, you get out of college. Everybody, that, 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 that's, what, that's what speaks to my point is like, instead of everybody having empathy for each other, you only have empathy for what you can see. Like, if yeah. you see yourself in somebody else, then you have empathy for them. And yeah. I'm saying it shouldn't be that because... If you're not an idiot, you can attach these things. Like, man, I got out of college and I was trying to, I'm, I moved to a new town and I was trying to fucking, you know, find a job. And I remember how lonely that fucking felt. Yeah. Well, imagine fucking getting back from war. Imagine fucking getting out of psych ward or imagine like everyone has their fucking story. Exactly. So uh, all I'm saying is, like I said, I think we should just be more empathetic. Even in comedy, what frustrates me is like, it's still all these clicks. 
And it's yeah. like these clicks of the same types of people. And I'm like, you idiots. The joy of this thing, the joy of what we're doing is that everyone has a different story. Yeah. Mix around. I have yes. nothing fucking in common with this motherfucker, Dan. Yeah. For real. Dan yeah. Dan's fucking father is a fucking judge. Dan fucking dad, you know, paid for him to go to school. Dan's got a good job. I don't know nothing fucking about that. You know what I mean? I got two kids. I had my first kid at 21 years old. My dad was divorced four fucking different times. We're completely opposite, but that's what I love about being around him. It's yeah. like, I can learn from him. And he, if, if he's smart, he can learn from me. Like, that's what it should be. You should... I never you can't gain any new information from someone just like you yeah that's and that, well I mean dude that's the fucking whole problem with the world right now everybody wants to be in their own bubble hearing their own shit, echo chambers their own echo chambers and you know if you don't have that level of communication where are we gonna go you know what I mean everybody's gonna be stuck in their own little nest and their own little bullshit and that's what I think is great about the comedy community because of how diverse it is uh, how far reaching it is it attracts a wide array of people um, you know, and but everybody it, it, is coming at it from their own perspective. But you know? it does it if it doesn't it's like Chicago, right? Chicago's yeah. diverse, but it's not um it's it's, it's segregated. segregated as fuck. That's I was, that's when what I talked is. to Dan so before, like I was mentioning during his interview, sorry for cutting no, you off. Good, good. But uh I was mentioning to before, you know, growing up in New York, you know, everybody kind of lives right around each other, right on top of each other. I mean, you know, you lived in Brooklyn. Yep. You know, when I came to when I moved to Philly, that's when my first real hit of like United States segregation was. It was like, oh, when they talk about different neighbors, they're talking about totally different experiences. And then Chicago is just that much. It's that much far removed. Exactly. Yeah. Like so, yeah. Like the Mexicans are there, and the Puerto Ricans are there, and the yeah. Africans are there, but they're not intermingling, so they're not learning anything from each other. That's what I feel like comedy is like. And people are afraid to have conflict, and I think conflict has a negative connotation. Like just now, we had conflict. Yeah. We were able to talk it through. And now we're on the other side of this. You know, now I know more information about you. Now you've known no more information about, about me. Yeah. You walk away with a different perspective. Absolutely. I've adjusted my perspective. We've Sorry. We've all learned something. You know what I mean? But yeah. you can't be afraid of conflict. You can't no. be afraid to fucking. I'm a very direct person. I handle things like, hey, if I want to say something, I'm going to say it. You know, but I think it's comedians are strange people. They Honestly, there's there's they're, and I'm still trying to figure it out, you know, like, well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's like some of the worst parts of high school just being extended and people ha like being in that state of perpetual arrested development where it's just like, oh, well, I didn't get mine then. So I'm going to get mine now. But it's like, what are you getting now? Like, shouldn't you be going on stage or trying to have fucking me? I don't even worry about having a good show. I know I'm going to have a good set when I know I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. Like, that's my mentality going in. Like, why aren't you having a good time with this? Why are you caring about how many sh how many shows some other person gets on? There's enough for all of us to eat. What are you worried about? I've you know? uh, I've definitely had to adjust my thinking with that. I'm definitely guilty of that. Like all I think about is we like, all, the, the <laughs> especially next, at first, the next fucking step. You know, yeah. like I forget to like that I love this and I enjoy it and I wanted this when I was a kid. Like I forget the. the and joy by the way, not to sound sycophantic, you're fucking good at it. Like I, I know we, I mentioned at the beginning of this, but or he mentioned at the beginning of this, that I mentioned it to, but dude, you are honest to God. Yeah. You know, and it's not just it's not even just the jokes. And I think that gets lost on people when they get stuck in their notebooks. It's presence. OK, you're up there. You command the fucking stage. You command the mic. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm on here. Listen to me. And a lot of people are just, you know, they're, they're great joke machines. They can write jokes. You know, they can't perform the fucking joke. Yeah. You know, they're not engaging. I don't give a fuck. Like, I can't remember. I've run. I've been running open mics for years now. Right. All right. And. Like, there are comics who, even after five times of seeing them, I don't know their name. And it's nothing against them. It's just that they're not bringing anything new. And I'm not even talking about new comics. I'm talking about comics that have been doing it for a while. Like new comics, like, you got to give them that grace. But, you know, you are one of the guys when I saw him on the stage. It was just like this. Oh, he's going to do something. He's, he's no, I appreciate that, <laughs> you know, man. So. It's just like, I just try to remember, like, the, the violence it took to be myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything that it took for me to be me and I'm going to say what the fuck I want to say with the time I'm up there. You're going to listen to me. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's just my mentality. When Good I'm mentality there. to have. Especially when I think there. I also like, I'm I, like before the pandemic, um, I'm sure you know Mary Lee. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like she's like the same age as me. But when I saw her, like I've seen her before. All, I've seen her all the time. She's like one of my favorite comedians in the city. But uh, I saw her tux tuxedo cat at the beauty bar yeah and um she just always herself she's so free and like i was like man like i want to get to that 
point where I feel like sometimes I can be like robotic. Like I'm trying to hit this and this and this, or I'm afraid to like smile or laugh. Like I just want to be it. Like, it's almost like, uh, I can't be, a t- it's not a good to be a, I'm not trying to be a tough guy comedian. Yeah. You know, I want to be joyous. That's why I like, I'm, I'm doing this, um, zany show with uh Dar- yeah let's talk about the zany sh- i love it I, like all, I'm, my I'm, whole agenda for this podcast <laughs> got signed but for a good reason no, i really reason. this is a, a good conversation reason. but i'm, I'm doing um, the zany show it's called wednesdays after work it's at zany's old town when we reopen up um maybe Derek will be kind enough to let me have uh be back so i can uh promote it or whatever but basically it's um every wednesday there's gonna be a happy hour at zany's they're gonna have a dj and then they're gonna have a show and um, this great dude Dario Durham, he's gonna um, one of the most. Because a lot of my people, and sorry for ahead. again, I, I feel bad. If no, I, no, no, you're I, good, but man. just do your thing. um, you know, I just want to give because a lot of the people that do listen to the podcast, they're not in the comedy world, which fucking thank God, right? You know, I I would love it if the community supported me, but listen to like I told Dan to be honest, I'm not supporting anybody else's shit. So you know, but I have people who listen outside, so. Uh, there's a gentleman named Dario Durham. He's one of the most prolific guys, one of the fastest risers in Chicago comedy. Um, probably one of the best people. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a conversation with him, some people they talk that oh being positive shit, and they put like positivity posts or whatever. Like this guy is actually that guy, and he wants everybody to live and benefit. His show that he runs at at um at my buddy's, for example. Like if you're a newbie comic. Like, he gives you the royal treatment there, and it gives you a good sense of confidence early on. But he's that kind of guy. He's very magnanimous, especially with his success. So. Yeah. He, his, his whole mentality is everybody can eat, and we can... It's all these... Yeah. It's all these uh, cheesy, positive sayings, you know, slogans that he has. And me and him are, like, opposites. I am not that guy. But yeah. that's why I want to work with him. It's like, I want... I, I'm, a, I'm self-aware. I, I want that. I don't want to... I'm an asshole. I rub people the wrong way. Yeah. You know, but I want to be less of that. And, um, you know, I think. Well, that self-awareness is the most important. Yeah. From what I, you know, am as well. Like, so I think that's, it's a good, um, it's a good, uh, it's a good, uh, duo. I think we, we also have a morning show that starts on Friday called the, um, the morning appetizer. It's on B positive radio. And, uh, that starts this Friday. Um, we're going to on every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Um, on Be Positive Radio, so you can look that up. Um, and I'm gonna get all your socials, so I'll yeah, make sure that it's in the post as well. But uh, if you want to just give a rundown briefly of your socials, where people can um, find you, where they can see you. My name Jamal Gushan. That's uh, my Facebook. Probably don't need that. But uh, <laughs> my Instagram, I put a lot of shit on there. You can follow that. He has so. a funny fucking Instagram yeah. too. Follow, re, when he posts a story, definitely check it yeah. out. Like honestly, yeah. when I send you like emojis and shit like that, it's because I genuinely laugh. I appreciate like, it. That's funny a, fucking shit. That's at a real American bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Instagram handle. Real American bad guy. That's fucking <laughs> awesome. That should totally be the album. Like when the yeah. album oh, yeah. drops, it should, real American <laughs> bad guy. Um, do you mind talking a little more? Cause I, you know, yeah, I, I, there's, yeah. you know, a few other questions. So you've been working, you worked with Dan before, yeah. um, and you worked with him like when, and you know, I'm not too sure the order of the episodes that I'm going to do it. in. I was thinking Dan could probably be Tuesday, but I like this episode a lot. So fucking, um, you know, I think we touched on really important things, but, uh, you've worked with Dan, um, talk a little bit about that. How long have you been doing stand up for? Um, I've been doing stand up for three going on four years now here in Chicago. But I started originally when I was 21 in Colorado. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, I did it for two years out there. Oh, wow. And All right. then um, I stopped for like eight years. I got deployed to Afghanistan. When I came back, I did it for a little bit, but shit just wasn't as funny. And then when I got out of the military, I really wanted to do it, but I couldn't like pull myself out of that like hole. I was like really depressed. I just couldn't like, get myself together um so it wasn't until i was 30 that i really like plugged back in um but when i first started i'm not gonna lie like i i was in colorado and it's like being a big fish in a small pond like i could i was really good really fast like the first show i did i thought it was an open mic and this is another thing i love about the military is like everybody's different it's one thing to be funny in your group of friends or people who look like you. It's like, I was always the fucking funny guy. Everybody yeah. has a funny fucking guy. Yeah. But when I got to the military and this motherfucker from Alabama is telling me, 
hey, man, you're funny. When this dude from fucking Alaska is telling me. We don't have the same references. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all people, all different fucking age, religions, all that shit. I'm not, I was like, oh, shit, I'm funny to everyone. Yeah. And uh, my boss, this fucking white dude from Texas, conservative white dude from Texas, he used to always go to this local comedy club with his wife every weekend. And he came up to me. He was like, Jamal, you're funnier than these guys. Like, uh, you should go sign up for this open mic. You're funnier than these, like, people. I'm like, I'll see. So I go to the open mic. It's not a fucking open mic. It's a competition. (laughs) And he invited everyone from my work. And in this competition, there's a dude who had, like, done 30 minutes on HBO. There's the local radio morning host shows. Morning show host. And a couple other people, like... Everyone's been experienced. And then there's me. Like, I've never been on stage before. Long story short, at the end of the competition, I take second place. It's over like three weeks. I take second place. The dude who took first place dies in his sleep camping two weeks later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't kill him. (laughs) (laughs) I wished it. You know what I mean? But I didn't do it myself. Um, So what he's basically saying is if you put it out there in the world, (laughs) you know, manifest, manifest, all that shit they say. But um, the the prize was hosting a comedy, um, that's hosting the comedy club for a summer. Yeah. So after my first time of being on stage, I got the host for a whole summer. Wow. Like after never doing open mics and shit. Yeah, by the way, for for the non-comics, you have to understand the gravity of what he's saying right there. Most people struggle at open mics for, you know, and everybody's different. There's some people who are out the gate funny, but as I've mentioned before in this podcast, that's rare, okay? So if you're out the gate funny and on top of that getting a regular hosting gig out of it, you know, within your first six months of comedy, that's saying a lot. And, I mean... If this man comes across as having an ego, it's earned when it comes to that shit, because that is not, you know, and even like Colorado Springs. Okay, fine. It's not, you know, like you said, big yeah, fish, small, small pond, yeah, small place. Like, all right. So how many like over mics wise, like how many shows do how much stage time would you think you could get a week? Um, you couldn't do a whole bunch of open mics and shit a week, but you could do a lot of shows between Colorado Springs and Denver. Yeah. And then um, I, I was getting booked pretty fast, but. What I thought was working then is nothing. Like, I don't even count that when people ask me. You know what I mean? Like, how long have you been doing comedy? Because yeah. here in Chicago, you go up five times a night. That's yeah, like, easy. No, that's nothing. nothing. Colorado is, like, hard to get five times, like, in a week. And back then, I thought, it would, and, like, I, I had a job already. I was yeah. in the military. So I wasn't taking it seriously. It wasn't like, I love this. It was like, oh, I'm good at this. And women are finally paying attention to me. And, like. This is the first thing I'm good at. Yeah. It's the first thing I know I'm better at and than most people, than your average person. You know, like, this is the first thing I was like, oh, I'm talented in this. So it was, like, more like that ego drive than me trying to be an artist back then. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's weird the way stuff like that works. Like, when I did it, like, it had always it had been a dream of mine to do some level of performing, you know. But, you know, when it came to comedy, it was similar to you in that other people were telling me that I was funny. I didn't know how to write a fucking joke. My first open mic, I like. It was one of the most painful bombs I've had. Like, just singed my brain so hard. For some reason, I woke up the next day. This was in Philly. Singed my brain so hard. I woke up the next day. I was just for something in me was just like, I got to do that again. Yeah. Because I, I knew at that moment I wasn't good then, but I knew I could eventually yeah, be good at it. Yeah. 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 So it's just like it sparked if you that. Keep at it. Yeah. If you keep at it, and again that whole artist thing, like I. Pfft, I did not have any of this. It's like, no, no, no. I want to, you know, say crazy shit on stage and get away with it. That was my impetus for it. So this is, that's good though. I mean, shit, you, that was your first hearing comedy. Wow. And uh, so you had a gap in time. You came back to I it. Came and you, back and then and you came I, back fucking guns blazing. So well, I was, was like, now that you know, at the time I'm 30, I have kids. It's yeah, different now. Like it is. I, my like when you're young, it's like you're immortal. Like there's no. There's time doesn't exist. You have forever. And then when you get older, you start to see, like, I have to start moving forward or this shit is going to pass me by. And, you know, like, especially doing comedy and here in Chicago, you see so many young people yeah. that are so fucking good, like better than you. And you're like, fuck, I'm not about to get washed by this 22 year old kid with no life experience. that don't got shit to talk about. Like, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. So that's how I, that's why I made unlikely friends. Like my first year in comedy here to be honest like i did well and i'm not trying to be arrogant i'm just saying that 
like I did the Laugh Factory, I did Zanies, I did um I did pretty much like most of the independent shows within my first year and I thought it was all going to mean something and it didn't. Yeah. It meant nothing. No one cared. Yeah. I like well, I remember my first time It's funny how laugh. like the first few months though like and and for the non-comedy people like you get indoctrinated with this idea that like these little like and I don't want to call them little because people are putting their work into like getting these shows up and no, running. they mean something. They're they, valuable, but it's not everything. It's yeah, not gonna it, change your life. It's it, it's definitely valuable. Exactly, it's definitely more valuable as experience than and getting you better at your craft than it is for anything else. And also, if you don't know what that is going in, you're gonna think it's a big thing. Yeah, you're, especially now with social media, like you look at the pictures, you see people's names that are on it, like, oh, this person's name is on it, and now they're on TV. Yeah, I this mean, person, like that's the kind of shit I used to be on. Exactly. And then I did. I remember the first time I did laugh after I bought a new shirt. I got my hair yeah. cut, and I'm like, "This is it, baby." Someone's get gonna the see picture me. with the logo yeah. behind it's you. Like, yeah. It means it means nothing. So I was like, when I was like, I can keep on trying to stand in line and hoping someone picks me, and waiting my turn, or I can say, "Fuck this," and tunnel my own fucking way in, kick the fucking back door, and do it. Like, what am what are we waiting for? Yeah, like that's like, and that's the like thing. before we couldn't like like sorry to call you about yeah, like no, twenty no. fucking thirty years ago we couldn't even record our own shit. This shit would cost a million dollars. Absolutely. Now you can do whatever you want yourself. So when I met Dan to I didn't even fucking know Dan. I was like, who the fuck has a camera? Who has a camera? And um, they were like, oh, some dude at the um the community has a camera. And I just went up to him like, hey, my name is Jamal. Heard you got a camera. And we started like recording some shit, but we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. So then I came back like eight months later. And to be honest, another comic came to me with this idea. They're like, we should get some comics together. We should start a YouTube page, like, you know, like produce some stuff. And then I was like, cool. They wanted me to be a part of it. I was like, dope. So then they sat on it. It was like one week, two weeks, three weeks. And I was like, nah. So then I started adding people and they were like, well, we don't know this person. I was like, look. You know what? This shit is. I'm just doing it now. Yeah. Fuck y'all. It's like this ideal, and I I ran with it. Like I I I grab people. I put together my own little team, and we got to fucking work. Yeah. And unlikely friends, guys, check it out. It's on YouTube. They do sketches on there. They're fucking hilarious. Appreciate. Sure. Very well produced. You know, considering of course you know budgetary constraints, but still, it's that the that's besides the point. That the Mortal Kombat one that you guys did, oh, yeah, fighting did. friends, yeah, like yeah. that right there, like that set such a high bar for you guys. But you guys met it each time out, so definitely some funny stuff. Jamal has again. He, how many years have you been doing now in Chicago? Three, three, three years in Chicago. He's already hosting a weekly show at Zany's. Zany's is the premier club in Chicago. You know, not saying every the you know Laugh Factory comedy bar aren't big, but Zany's is where the touring comics come to perform, and he now has a weekly gig there. That's a lot of hustle in a short amount of time, and a big that's a big milestone in and of itself. Thank you, bro. So uh, I mean, you know, definitely. Definitely be on the lookout. I, I want you back. I want Darium also on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, man. We, uh, we would love to do one together, bro. Yeah. That would be great. I mean, this has been a good episode. This has been probably my favorite episode so far where I've had a guest. I've only done fucking four. I know. But <laughs> give me a break. This one, we actually talked about real shit, though. Well, I appreciate it, bro. You know? I appreciate you talking to me, and I appreciate you know letting me express myself. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I look forward to doing this again. Guys, Jamal Gushang. Uh, Real American Bad Guy. Check me Real out. Real <laughs> American Bad Guy on Instagram. I'm going to drop all of his socials in the uh, in the uh, details of the podcast when it drops. And uh, he's going to push the hell out of it. Please push the hell out of this podcast I episode. I, I appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Mike, we're good.